so I had so much fear in that moment. And I ended up writing basically the same thing three times in a row, but in different ways. And all of it was just reflecting on how I really didn't like a lot of attention on my testicles. <laughs> and that like, I had just realized that this time and I was like, you know what? Like, that's not really my thing. episode of Dear Men. Um, I'm really excited about the one that we're doing today because we have an actual couple with us. And I always like those episodes because I like to see how couples interact and what they have to share. Um, And uh, we're especially lucky because uh, as our guests today, we have Lavina Lee and Caleb Spaulding, who are co-creators of a sex journal for couples, a sex journal for couples. And they just wrapped a successful Kickstarter around this concept. So I'm really excited to hear how you guys came up with it, what it's done for your sex life, the feedback you're getting from other people. I think this is a really good idea and I'm really happy to have you on. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Melody. Thank you. We're so happy to be with you. (laughs) All right. So, um, yeah, I would love to just hear the origin story of a sex journal for couples and kind of like what was going on in your sex life before the journal? How did it come up? And then how did it affect you? Yeah. Um, so Caleb and I started dating just over a year ago and within two months of starting our relationship, we started journaling about our sex life. Um, and I think a little bit of backstory is helpful here. Um, before we had both wanted to be in a long-term relationship with like someone who we could consider our best friend, be super open with, like go on every adventure with, um, for pretty much our whole lives. And for years before we started dating each other, we we're both in the series of relationships where we felt like we couldn't be our full selves. Um, and so there's lots of work for both of us to do personally, um, and then once we sort of like did all of that, we found each other. We had been friends for months before and never really gave each other a second look. And after all this stuff passed, we realized that like we just had a great connection, loved hanging out with each other and started dating. So from the very beginning in our relationship, we always wanted to put everything on the table, no matter how scary or how out there, or how silly it seemed. Um, and so when we started um, when we started having sex, we realized that we had an amazing connection. And in our absolute, I think, like, honestly, naivety, we had, like, no idea what we would discover if we started journaling about it. We just thought to ourselves... We have great sex. We already journal in other places of our lives. And if we journal about our sex life, you know, it'll probably be a celebration fest. We'll be like, this is the best. We're the best. We have great sex with each other. This is wonderful. 
Um, and then we can take everything <laughs> that we learned and share with our friends and we become sex gurus and everyone has better sex because we cracked the code to what, what good sex is. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't like the original intention, right? I mean, I'm, so I'm really curious about this because I think uh, the assumption could be like, oh, you know, like our sex life is fading or we want to get the spark back. Let's try journaling. Like some people would think that the origin story might be the opposite of what you're describing. So I'm yeah. curious, like the intention at the beginning wasn't necessarily to, or was it, was it to sort of like share no. with others? Okay. Well, that's a share. It wasn't to share with that. That was, that was a little bit more tongue in cheek. I think the intention for us was we were, we were so blown away by the sex that we were having. We wanted to know what we were doing differently. Like what was happening. We were just curious to know what was working so well. Uh, and so and starting right as we started to write that down, we were like, well, we could maybe share this with people. If we figure out some magic formula, if there's something here at play in our relationship, perhaps we can share that with other people. Love it. Love it. And actually, before we dive into that, I have, I'm dying of curiosity about something. So <laughs> you guys mentioned being friends for a couple months before you got together romantically. Yeah. And I'm wondering, how did you make that transition? What, what, what was that like? <laughs> it's a great. I love that question. Yeah. Um, so we had a, we had a, an odd friendship. Yeah. Before. So Lavina lived with two really close friends of mine um, who I'm in a, a weekly men's group with. And so we would meet, our men's group would meet at this huge townhouse they lived in, in um, a neighborhood in Brooklyn called Bedside. We'd meet there once a week and myself and all the guys in my men's group would go up to one of the bedrooms and like, you know, go really deep for two hours, like talking about our emotions, talking about our feelings, things that were coming up in our lives. And we would come downstairs in these different emotional states. Sometimes we'd be celebrating and happy. Sometimes we'd be like wiping tears from our eyes. We'd be like, maybe red in the face from anger. And Lavina was typically down in the kitchen in the dining room, like either making food or doing like work or something. It would see myself and the rest of these men in these very open and vulnerable states. And so the way we got to know each other was in a very like kind of informal group setting where I was personally not putting on any kind of fronts. I was just like, here I am. This is me cracked open and feeling some kind of emotion. Yeah. And she got to know me in this really real, real way right off the bat and developed this crush on me. I got to see them for like 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after. And I was just like, what are these guys doing up there? I'd never seen, I'd never experienced a men's group before. Um, and it took a while for Caleb and I to get to know each other. It was actually, we started working on an art project for a friend of ours and that's when we started to like really interact. And I just super appreciated his thoughtfulness. Thought he was really cute. Um, and I was trying to make some big changes in my life by being bold and open to possibility. And I just, after a couple of weeks of tripping over myself and being really awkward and nervous, asked him out. I sent him a little voice note going, honestly, I've been so awkward around you every time I've seen you. I have a huge crush on you. And I'm just wondering if you'd want to go out with me. And that was how our relationship started. We've been dating ever since. Oh my God. That is fucking cute. That is <laughs> so fucking cute. Caleb, what was it like to get that? I mean, it was the, one of the highlights of my life, to be totally honest. I was like, I, I feel like a dream has always been to have uh, 
that kind of attention from a woman and especially one who I find attractive and who I think is really cool and interesting. And, um, I actually just, I just got off a call, call with my life coach that morning. It was like feeling really pumped up and inspired. And I turned my phone off airplane mode and I had this like three minute voice memo from Lavina. I was like, what the hell is this? And she just like dives right into it. Like the, I think the first sentence was, I was really awkward at this party we were at last night. I want to talk to you because I have a huge crush on you and I want to get to know you better. And I'm wondering if you'll go on a date with me. And then she'd like spent the next two minutes telling me in the voice memo why she had a crush on me and how she developed. And I was just like, holy shit, this is crazy. And I just like, I remember I went to my roommate. I was like, dude, listen to this voice memo. This girl has a huge crush on me. She wants to go on a date with me. I'm so pumped. Um, That's so cute. I, I was excited. We were exciting. actually sitting in the exact spot that yeah. Caleb listened to the voice note in. That's true. And we're living in the house now where he like ran down the hall and yeah. told, his hall, told his housemate. So this is actually hilarious. Yep. That is fucking really cute. That is, a, <laughs> that is a great, that is a great origin story. I love that. I mean, for so many reasons, but especially like, I, I just feel like, um, you know, the fact that you, Caleb, that you were in a men's group because we talk about men's groups on this show a lot. I feel like this is like really good advertising for men's group. Um, <laughs> uh, but that you, you were just like, yep, here I am. Like here, I, like, this is me, like no pretenses. And that yeah. that's kind of like part of why she liked you. And, and Totally. And I think, you know, I think that without realizing it, oftentimes when we're starting to date somebody, we put on some kind of front, right? Like we're putting on some kind of facade to show, put our best foot forward. And because she was living with two of my really close friends um, and I was going to be over there anyway. And like being super open and vulnerable is the main thing of this men's group. Like I just had zero thought that that was even a possibility that being dating Lavina. Like I was just like, look, this is what I do every Monday night. You're here and this is who I am. And it just, I, I'm really grateful that I got to meet her in that way because that I think is why we were able to jump in so quickly when we started dating and why like we started using our own sex journal so quickly in the relationship because we were so like open and vulnerable with each other pretty much from day one. Yeah. That's the other thing I kind of want to highlight you, uh, Levina, you mentioned that you had both been in past relationships where you didn't feel um, met or what it, you said, we couldn't really be our full selves. I think is yeah. how you used it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it sounds like each of you were doing quite a bit of personal growth work before you met as you were meeting to kind of prepare for this relationship. At least that's what I heard. Is that a hundred percent? Yeah. I think like the week before, I sent Caleb that voice note. I like, I had even, I mean, both of us had gone back and like looked at how our previous relationships ended and had conversations with our exes to say like, Hey, this is how I showed up. And that's in the past. And now like, we want to let that go and let go of any like resentment. And if there's anything on your side, like I want to hear that. Um, and it was really freeing. Like it was us letting go of all the baggage we had from the past and from past relationships and like actually creating the kind of spaciousness that we needed to be in this relationship with each other. 
And did you do that in tandem? Like the two of you chose to do that or did you just separately happen to do that? Uh, separately on the same timeline. Co- coincidentally. And we didn't realize it. I think it was a couple months in, we were just kind of comparing notes on like how we met and like the, the like how those last few weeks unfolded before we started dating. And we realized that we had both kind of had these really big monumental conversations, like almost the exact same day, definitely the same week, but almost the same, like, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. crazy. Wow. The quantum field. Totally. <laughs> totally. Fascinating. That is pretty cool. I might have to have you guys back to talk about just that concept. Cause I think that's really interesting. I'm fascinated yeah. um, but I do want to keep the focus on the sex journal. Cause I really think yeah. it can help people. And I want to know more about that. So, so back to the origin of the sex journal, what you, what I heard was um, you kind of wanted to celebrate your yeah. like the sex that you're having and I also heard kind of like wow this is this is really different like the kind of sex we're having with each other is different from what we've had in the past and we'd like to record it is that accurate at all exactly yeah that's exactly right um we were and I, I think celebrating is a big thing in our relationship too like so that was a big driving factor for us getting started and um we just want to know what's going on. Yeah. So cool. So then, all right. So, and both of you had journaled in other, you know, about other things in your lives. And so when you started the sex journal, was it always shared? Like, I'm, I'm curious, was it like, we have sex and then I write a page and then I turn the page and then you write a page and then later we both read it. Like, what was the format? Yeah, that was actually the exact format from the very beginning. That's the, that's the, like some elements of, the journal that we kept um, have changed a little bit in the process of becoming a sectional for couples. Um, But that, that format has always stayed the same. So in the very beginning, it was us using a little blank moleskin. And after having sex, one of us would journal and then cover our entry with whatever we had. It could be a post-it, we might fold it over, like whatever was available. And then the other person would journal um, and we'd read our, our entries out to each other and then reflect and have a little conversation and take notes on that. Um, and that from the very first, like you have to get the first day that we came up with this idea, we were like, oh, yes, we are going to become sex gurus. We're going to know everything. We're just going to discover why we're having the best sex ever. And in our very first entry, we discovered we knew absolutely nothing um, and it was this super humbling moment. And it, every entry we've ever had, every entry that we've ever written after a year of doing this has opened our eyes and, and helped us discover so much about ourselves and each other. Um, and so ultimately we took that super simple framework and added like a couple of additional tools and support and prompts so that anyone who, regardless of their experience with personal discovery or, um, journaling can go ahead and use it. So I want to, yeah, I'm really interested in what you said about the humbling thing. So I, let's go back to the first time that you, that the (laughs) very, very first started, right? I mean, like, I don't know how much you're willing to share, but like, what did you say? And Caleb, what did you say? What was (laughs) humbling about it? Like, what did you find that you were like, Whoa, we're like, I was having this experience and you were having that experience. Like what, what were the differences? Yeah. Well, from, we actually went back and reread our very first entry 
like two months ago when we were filming for Kickstarter, because I had this general sense that this pattern played out a lot in the beginning. Um, so our very first entry was me saying uh, something like, this was so wonderful. We were so connected. Like, I really feel like we just had this beautiful experience together, like very much in, in the clouds, la la land. Like this was the best. Yeah. And then Lavina handed me the journal and she was like, okay, it's your turn. And I was like, so I can write anything. She's like, anything. I was like, are you sure? (laughs) She was like, anything. I was like, seriously, anything. And, um, (laughs) say what you always think, what you thought I was going to write. Cause I thought he was like so shy and each of us gets like a couple of lines. So I thought to myself that he was going to write something like really sexy and raunchy. And I was like, Ooh, naughty. Yeah. Uh, so I was excited. And I was like, I was just like, man, this is a, I was like, this is a, if, if I'm really going to write this out, like I have no idea what she wrote. I don't know. Like, and so I had so much fear in that moment and I ended up writing basically the same thing three times in a row, but in different ways. And all of it was just reflecting on how I really didn't like a lot of attention on my testicles <laughs> and that like, I had just realized that this time and I was like, you know what? Like that's not really my thing. And there was a lot of attention on my balls this <laughs> last time. And that's not really what I wanted. Um, this is great. Oh my God. This is pure gold guys. <laughs> yeah. So that I literally wrote that like three times in three different iterations and it was just like, all right, here we go. Um, but what was so cool about that. And then when I heard Lavina like read her thing back out to me, I was like, Oh shit. You know, it's like, <laughs> I really wrote something. I went way in a totally different direction. But what was so great about that was that that moment established that we did not know what we were doing. Um, we were not sex gurus and that we had a lot to learn about our bodies and about each other's bodies and about our combined and individual sexual experiences. Yeah. It was super fascinating. Like the conversation that unfolded immediately was like, why didn't that come up during sex? And then we started to explore like how little the two of us had actually ever talked about sex before with partners, whether it was during sex or after sex. And like that has been an incredible discovery for us in our relationship and something that we found with like everyone, most people that we've talked to. Yes. I can corroborate that as a sex researcher because (laughs) (laughs) I would say that I do lots of surveys around sex and communication and it's really, really hard to say something in the moment about sex, especially if it's something like, ow, that's not really working. I don't really like that because we don't want to shut our partners down. We don't want them to feel, feel bad. We want them to like us. Like there's a lot of pressure to not communicate about what the things that aren't working, the things that are working are easier, but even then the research shows like it's pretty hard actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I really like about that story is, um, and by the way, Caleb, did you say the word tension or attention? Attention? Attention. Attention. Okay, cool. Focus attention. Yeah. yeah. Focus attention. Just wanted to be clear. Yeah. Um, what I like about that is that there's a way that, and actually, Lavina, I think this is um, credit to you, is that it made it safe 
for you to, to communicate about things that weren't working too. Mm -hmm. So that the sex journal wasn't just going to be, you know, flowers and light and unicorns, but it was also going to be the truth (laughs) of like, you know, some things were really amazing. And, you know, this also wasn't like, this isn't my jam, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. that's really cool that that happened from the beginning. Cause I wonder if it hadn't, would you, would you two have established a culture of just praising each other instead of like taking the good with the not so good? It's funny. I've, it's really interesting that you pointed that out because even, even as you were just talking, I was just kind of thinking about that in a way that I haven't before. I think it's really interesting that um, we approach this journal from the, from the get-go as like, oh, we're having great sex. Let's write about it. And yet the first thing I wrote down was like actually not a glowing positive reflection. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, whatever it was that led me to writing that, like, I think that that, that honesty in that first entry really opened up a lot and really set that space. And, and you're totally right too. Like Lavina created that safe space for me and like made me feel um, that I could share something like that. Yeah. And that you wouldn't be attacked or shamed or denigrated or, you know, that she would maybe pull away and be cold. And I mean, Lavina, I'm curious to hear like, what was your response to that? We were like, oh shit, I didn't know that. Like, what, you know, what happened for you? I mean, I was shocked for sure. I was like, what, what do you mean? Um, and I was also shocked. I mean, I was shocked because I was surprised and I was also shocked because I had never heard, no one had ever said anything like that to me before. And so I was like going from dreamy Lala unicorns to like quick, quick, sharp right turn. Whoa. What did you say? Huh? Um, and I think what's really been special relationship and what like this keeping a section was um, helped us keep practicing is just being curious about each other. Um, so for me, when Caleb said that, like I had so many questions and not in a like defensive, angry way, but just in a like, I want to know how I can be a better partner. And that was something actually, now that I go like way, way back to the beginning of a relationship, that was something that we established very early on was that um, if anything was working in the relationship we would always acknowledge ourselves in each other and if anything wasn't working we would always look for where we could personally take responsibility for that and contribute to making it better so my like response was all about okay obviously I have a lot to discover with a partner and like I want you to have a great time So let's like, let's work on ways that I can discover how, what works for your body. Love it. And I'm curious, like in, in future, um, sexual encounters, did you share things that didn't work for you as well? And did you feel safer doing that? Because he had kind of like started that, that, you know, precedent. Definitely. Definitely. It was, Um, I would say, I feel like early on, it was tougher for me to share like what I wanted and how I felt. Um, and part of that is because I had started doing some like self-discovery work and I wasn't used to tapping into my emotions specifically, um, And so we would always sort of check in with how did we feel and 
what came up for us. And in the very beginning, I actually didn't, I struggled to find words to describe how I felt. And a lot of times, like I had blockages in, in working out how I felt, like, did I feel positive? Was there any negative? Did I like this? Did I not? Did I want something different? Um, and Caleb really helped create a space where I felt safe to explore. I had more question marks and answers for a long time. Um, and then when I finally got to, okay, I think what I'm feeling is that I didn't like that or this didn't work for me, or I don't feel like, um, I received what I would like to receive. Um, those conversations were always on the table. Um, and that's not to say that they were always like resolved right away. Um, but it, like we always gave each other the space to explore for however long we needed to explore. And it sounds like the, the journal helped facilitate that. Like, did you find that the, the sort of separation between not having to say it to the person's face right away, but writing it down sort of helped bridge that? For sure. I mean, sex is like, I'm sure you encounter this as a sex researcher. Like it's something that we don't talk about in relationships. It's not something that we talk about in community and it's not something that we really even talk about with ourselves. And so, um, for us, even though the journal, having a physical journal really, and, and one that's specifically dedicated to this purpose makes a really big difference in first building a habit. So it's like a trigger for us, right? Like we'll have sex and then we'll think, okay, we have our journal, let's go right in it. When we don't use that physical journal, we're very often not having a conversation. We're very used to like, you know, especially as we're building this business now, conversation right after a lot of our experience, a lot of our thoughts, a lot of our feelings disappear because their short-term memory is really short um, until it resurfaces the next time. And um, in having that journal, that like that format of each reflecting on our own and then sharing our reflections with each other is super different from diving straight into a conversation and giving each other feedback. It's actually um, a space for me to be mindful of my experience and then share with Caleb what I thought and what I saw and how I felt. Um, so the journal itself, like definitely played a huge role in creating that space for both of us. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, I liked what you said about the, okay, on to the next thing, like having the journal, having the journaling moment it kind of slows it down too. Mm -hmm. Like it slows down the encounter. It makes it special. Not that it's not special, you know, on its own it is, but it just kind of like, it sort of reminds me of like, you eat this really great meal and then you spend a little time digesting instead of just running off to the next event. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really like that sort of pause moment. Um, and I'm wondering just, you know, as, each person is journaling. Like, do you guys ever get nervous of like, Oh my God, what's he writing? What's she writing? (laughs) Cause there's the most, like that person's writing and the other person's waiting. Right. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't, I don't know if I would ever describe the feeling as nervous just because it is so, I don't know. For me, this, this practice has always really been, um, 
intended to make our relationship better and our bond tighter. And if something comes up that either of us is uncomfortable with, or it's something that we need to like work through, I know that that's actually just going to lead to a stronger bond between us. That, I mean, that's how we really established it. That's, that was like how we set the whole framework up. Yeah. I've never felt nervous waiting for Caleb to write. Sometimes I'm curious, sometimes excited. Yeah, totally. Like maybe like anticipatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the times that I have felt nervous though, are like when I've written something really vulnerable and super far outside of my comfort zone. And then I'm like waiting to read it to Caleb or I get the book back and I'm looking at it, looking at him. Sometimes it takes me like a couple of minutes mm, yeah. of like full on staring and starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And then finally, like I can read what I wrote. Yeah. And that's what another great thing about the practice of actually writing it down is that, you know, if we were just talking, we might, we know what we want to say or what we want to talk about, but like collecting those words, if it's something that really scary and, and like vulnerable can be even tougher. So having almost like a script in front of you, even if it takes a little while to get those words out, you kind of have the guidelines, you know, what you, want to say you have the words that you wrote down yeah I really like that I'm wondering if you if you would both be willing to share sort of a specific entry or some a specific thing that you shared that was like tough to get out because I think it would help kind of ground the conversation and like Livina kind of like you said like we don't really talk about these things publicly uh or even privately honestly I'm looking at the research and like we're not talking about anything um, when it comes to sex. Like what are, what's one example of something that sort of like took you a while to get out? Yeah. I mean, one thing that um, we live in such an interesting time where um, sex is being openly discussed more than, I mean, most decades before us. Um, and our expectations around sex and expectations around sexuality are shifting. So <clears throat> one entry that was really challenging for me was um, a lot of our sex throughout our relationship has been penetrative sex. And that's been the main focus of most of the times that we have sex. And there was a little period of time where I was like, I want to explore more and I feel really uncomfortable saying that this standard sex that we both know and have both sort of like internalized is maybe not what I always want to default to. Um, that entry for me brought up a lot of power dynamics. It brought up a lot of fear of upsetting Caleb or like making him feel like other, if that makes sense. Um, and it was really vulnerable for me to say, I think I want something else and I'm not sure what that is, but what we're doing is right now not working for me. Yeah. And just so, um, so we're clear, you're talking about intercourse, right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like heteronormative yeah. penis mm -hmm. and vagina, like penetrative sex. That that's sort of like the default or like the be all end all, or that's like where we go every time or. Yeah. So it's like, it's like very quickly that's where we go. That's a be all mm -hmm. end all. That's like how sex is defined. Mm -hmm. As I was doing more research, as I was like, as we were talking to experts, as I was like listening to people's stories, they're sort of like, there's a whole world of sex to be explored. 
And that doesn't like, you know, that doesn't even for me necessarily mean like, oh, let's try crazy positions and bring in tons of toys. It was just like, you know, there's also the sexuality that's like us taking the time to explore each other's bodies and be really present to what we enjoy and like using touch in a sexual and sensual way. Like that for me is included in the definition of sex. And that was like for a while, not where we were spending our attention and something that I really wanted. Yeah. And Caleb, can you speak a little bit to what it was like to receive that and how, you know, how you guys went from there? Yeah. I mean, it was, I think it was certainly surprising. It was something that I had never thought about. Um, uh, Certainly not something that a partner had ever brought up to me. Um, I think as Livina pointed out, it is very much, um, that's how I, that's how I knew sex to you. That's what I, that's how sex is defined for most people. Yeah. And, um, so I was kind of just like, what, well, what, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what do you want to, what would you like to do differently? What, what are your thoughts? And I, um, I think more than anything was just kind of taken aback and, um, certainly open and like ready to hear more and to, to like explore that, but was surprised more than anything else. Yeah. The other thing I think that's really interesting here is it's the dominant script in porn as well. And that is basically one of the default ways that most uh, men in particular learn about sex. And so I could imagine being a man being like, but wait, but what else is there? I don't understand. Like it does not compute. Like what if we're like, if that's not what we do, like what the hell do we we do? Like, I don't understand. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there. It's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that the default script that we are given is like P and the V, like that's yeah. sex. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned both porn and script. Cause I think that was another thing that came up as well was us realizing that a lot of the verbal language we were using was like very oftentimes pornographic or like stemming from, things that you would hear people say in porn. And there was one of our entries where we like, where we took a look at that. And I, I believe it was Lavina who pointed out was kind of like, I don't think that, I think there are other ways that we can speak to each other <laughs> that don't have to involve such like crass language sometimes. I mean, like there's a time and a place for it. And um, there are certain settings and certain like situations where it would be great to have a broader dictionary to pull from of like how we relate to one another, each other verbally. During That's a really sex. good point. Yeah. And you're talking about during sex talk? Yeah. During sex. Yeah. yeah. It was super interesting. We were like experiencing this really wide range of emotions and like that was very much driven by our conversation outside of sex. And then when we got to sex, we might be experiencing all these emotions, but as soon as we open our mouths, we were like in one very specific lane. <laughs> yeah. And there was just this moment for both of us where we were like, huh, that's weird. That is such a good point. I just, I, it kind of reminds me of um, like colors or something like outside the bedroom, you're mm-hmm. painting with a hundred different colors. And then as soon as it gets to be sex, yeah. it's like, I can say pussy, I can say cock, I can say wet. And like, what else, you know, again, like what else is there? Like we never hear anything else really in something like porn. So we're like, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I'm curious if we could just tangent there for a moment. Like, how did you to navigate that? Like, expanding your vocabulary there. Like, what did you, what did you do? Baby steps. The first thing we tried. The first thing we tried was like a series of times that we would have sex and use like loving language rather than like porn, which we felt was like way harder language. Yeah, um, softer language, basically. Yeah, and we just like we just journaled about did that feel different and did that open up something different for us? And, um, after taking that step, I think we like open up next steps and next steps and next steps. And like, we're both very naturally silly people. Um, and so now like after, did you say silly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Silly. So after a while of like each of us experimenting with like a little something, a little something there, we eventually got to the point where we, both had the expectation that it was okay to try things like whatever it was, like throw it out as an experiment, as long as we were giving the other person a heads up in some form. Um, eventually we got to the point where we would just be like cracking jokes during sex and having like a full on conversation um, or like doing silly accents and like imitating each other and people um, <laughs> Caleb hates it when I crack jokes <laughs> in sex, but it can be a little, it can be a little, uh, what's the word distracting sometimes. Well, he doesn't hate it. It's just, <laughs> there are times when, when we're having sex, Caleb can get into this like very serious, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very serious, like I'm having sex with you mode. And I can sort of see him getting in his head there. And that's like often where I'll crack a joke and do something really silly that just like, I think breaks the tension. And it's, it's really interesting. Cause I actually hosted an event recently for just for only men um, to come together and talk about sex on a Saturday, like a month ago. And I, what I found and I, this was my hunch and it was confirmed is that like a lot of guys, um, I think at least I can speak for like, cause we had, we had a few gay men who were there. We had, a, I think a majority of um, heterosexual men there, but the majority of the guys in that room were all like constantly in their heads as well. And are constantly in this very like serious, like, you know, driven mindset when having sex. And I think it's like, I mean, again, I'm only going to speak for myself, but it's, that's just like, again, how I have been brought up. Like that's how I've, watch sex yeah mostly through porn but like it ha- it seems to have this like very serious and like work and like performative element to it and something that really came out of this journal for both of us is that like it's not that serious and the word the phrase that we constantly use is that it's a practice and not a performance um, yeah i really like that yeah, that really resonates with me and the research that I've done. And um, yeah, like there's this, there's this view by a lot of men of like, got to get it done. Got to get it done. <laughs> totally. I got to get it done. And, and, and I think that women, we really don't understand what it means to, you know, have to get an erection and hold an erection. Mm-hmm. Like there is a way that men, you know, feel the pressure to perform in a way that women just, we cannot relate to that. We don't mm-hmm. have the same we don't have the same um, parts. And I think that that does kind of lead to that. Um, 
And it's true too. You're right. Cause a lot of times in porn, there's the like, gotta get it done. Like face, you know, like, the, like gotta get it done. Like, yeah. and like, um, one of the men in, um, my course, I teach a course called please turn bad for men. And one of the men said, um, I used to, I used to make love. Like I was wearing a suit of armor hmm. and now I can take it off. Mm. And and it's a lot better. <laughs> so wow. it kind of reminded me of that. Like, yeah, I don't think that we really, I think we're just waking up to the fact that sex for men in many ways is not always fun or hasn't been in the past. And we're growing into a new way of doing it, but it's like, it's, it's kind of stressful. Like I gotta, like, I gotta make this work. I gotta get to the goal. Like I gotta, you know, like I gotta perform like, which yeah. is, I, when I hear that, I, I feel stressed out. Yeah. It's stressful. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad you can speak to that. Cause I think, you know, that's, I agree with you. I think it's a really common experience for men yep. and I think it does sort of take a lot of the pleasure out because you're mm -hmm. not really, you know, enjoying, you're kind of worrying about doing it well or doing it right or doing it enough, or I'm not sure exactly what word would go there, but sort of like, yeah, getting it done. Yep. That's exactly right. All right, cool. So, um, so you two are keeping the sex journal. I'm curious about many things, but I want to got to rein myself in one, one thing I really want to know is do you switch each time? Like does one person go first and then the next time the other person goes first, does that matter at all? It's not consistent, but it is, yeah, it's whoever switch. feels like going first. Yeah. Okay. So not a, not a lot of pressure there. And then, um, do you do it every single time you have sex? We I mean, did for the first like eight months or so. Yeah. And then when we actually started developing it into a journal for anyone else to use, we, I think it came, it came down a bit. We weren't using it every time um, because we were constantly like playing with the format or things were in work or being adjusted, but we were still keeping up with it. Um, and even now we still do it because I mean, when we made this, when we decided to take this from being something that we were doing to something that we'd share with other people, I think a really important conversation we had in the beginning was, okay, if we make something that we're really proud of and that we are excited to use and that really serves us, we'll be happy. And we think that'll be of service to other people. And so everything that's in the journal comes from research and also comes from us testing it again and again and again and like asking for feedback whether it was from ourselves or with like friends or um couples who volunteered to test out all the frameworks so yes we still use it and we love it and so yeah let's start to talk about the journal and the kickstarter um because the the journal for the kickstarter isn't just a blank journal there's some prompts you know yeah. there's there's more going on there and i'm just curious how did you like you mentioned testing, did you come up with questions and then test them on yourselves and then have a couple of beta people? Like what was that process like? Exactly. Um, so we, after a couple of months of open journaling ourselves, we got that we finally started sharing with our communities and with our friends. And um, we basically just like would give the format away in conversations because people were so interested in it. we tell them exactly like what book we used, how to do it, how to set up their moleskin. And I think we probably talked to like a hundred couples 
over the course of a couple of months who were like, whoa, this is amazing. I want to do this. How do you do this? And no one did it. Not a single one of them ended up getting a wall skin and starting that in their relationships. And um, after talking to some therapists and like looking back and asking some people why they were like, this is really intimidating. We don't even know what we would write. Like, where do you start? What do you talk about? Um, and so to make it something that was a little more approachable and we even got that feedback when we started testing, we had just like printed out, um, little journals that had, um, very simple, very open-ended, um, prompts. Like that was a feedback that we constantly got, which is that people would love a little bit more guidance. Um, and so we went back and looked at a lot of self-discovery work that we've done, like through Caleb's men's group, through some leadership programs that I've done. Um, and ultimately ended up adapting some really simple check-ins, um, and using them as the journal prompts. So what are, yeah, what are a couple of examples of the journal prompts? Yeah. So the journal prompt, the, every journal entry, um, for individuals always starts with, I feel, and there's a whole introduction. The journal is broken down into two sections. The first is an introduction that really, um, walks a couple through setting an intention, uh, gives guidance on how there's a communication toolkit in there for approaching vulnerable conversations and, um, deep listening. Then there is a whole section on how to use each of the prompts. Um, and then the, the second half of the journal is our entry pages. Um, and so for every entry, the first check-in is always I feel. And that's an opportunity to scan your body, to scan your emotions and see what's present for you um, and start to build a little library of how you respond to different experiences that you're having. Um, There's an I discovered because we really believe that every experience we have is an opportunity to discover something. Um, I felt most turned on by is the next prompt because it's sex. So we really want to connect to our desire and to eroticism. Um, and then there are always celebrations. So like we said, um, in our relationship, celebration is really important. And um, after talking to hundreds of couples, one thing that we've discovered that's really important for relationship health over time is daily and regular celebration, whatever it is, however big or small it is. Um, it's really about consistently recognizing what's good in your relationship and expressing gratitude for it. I really love that. I mean, there's so much neuroscience research to support that doing that on a regular basis, like makes you happier, like changes your brain so that it becomes happier. So I like the constant reinforcement between two people in a partnership. Cause it seems like that would change the neurology of the partnership, you know, like yeah. just like, I don't know, like uh, like exercise, like daily exercise or something like keeping it healthy. Exactly. Exactly. Like exercise is not running a marathon, like waking up, deciding to do a marathon the next day and doing it once a year. It's like 
taking care of your body every day, as unglamorous as that might sound. Um, and then, so that's the first page. The second page of the journal is for the couple to fill out after they've shared their entries with each other. And that is what are we learning? Um, and what do we want and need? Because there's always room for improvement. There's always room for growth. And, um, what's been super fascinating is that sex is like a magnifying glass for your life. So, um, it's a really powerful place to be able to practice expressing your wants and needs. And as we've practiced expressing our wants and needs in sex, and as we've had our pilot couples do the same, they've started noticing shifts in the rest of their relationship and the rest of their lives. Um, yeah. 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 It's interesting. I get the same feedback from the men that go through my, my course is that they say like, wow, this is affecting a lot more than just our sex life. You know, like we're experiencing more closeness and more intimacy and more safety in our relationship as a whole. And I feel like maybe part of the reason for that is that sex is one of the most vulnerable places (laughs) in our, in our relationship. Right. And so if we feel safe there, we feel heard there or we feel met there, we feel like I can express myself and he's not going to, you know, want to kill me or run away, then maybe it'll be safe to express myself over here too. Like it kind of makes sense because you're sort of starting from one of the most vulnerable places rather than one of the places where you might feel the most, I don't know, strong is the word that comes to mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So we're going to start to wrap. Um, Caleb, I would love to hear from you just in terms of, um, I imagine that maybe this concept would be intimidating to some men. And I'm wondering, have you run into that? Have you addressed that with men? Like, how has that gone? And then I would love to hear how people can get their hands on one of these. Yeah, it's funny. This past summer, we were in LA when we were just just starting to pilot it. We were with a friend who volunteered to um, like film us and just kind of get us to start practicing telling our story on camera. And he was like, I feel like the biggest challenge is going to be selling this to men because a lot of men have this idea that, Oh, I'm, I've, I've got sex figured out. Like I've got it. You know what I mean? And I think even if I would have talked to myself like a year and a half ago about this, I probably would have the same kind of approach of like, yeah, I like, I don't need that. Like my sex is great. Like I know what I'm doing, you know, but what I have learned is that um, there's been no real like uh, literature or information ever really given to me in my entire life that helps me learn about how to have good sex. And I think everyone wants to have good sex. I think that's what, like something we all strive for, but there's no um, tools or information on how to actually make that possible. And so um, I've actually gotten so much out of using a sex journal for couples um, and just learning about myself as a man and like what, I need sexually. Cause even like, as I shared from my first entry about like the attention on my testicles, like that's something that clearly I have felt before, but have never known how to, to say before. And I think that having language tools that, that open up these conversations that um, can be very vulnerable, but are also very real is, is so important and can make such a big difference in, the way we re, re, um, relate to ourselves and to our partners. 
Yeah. And the strength of the bond, like you said, like that's, I really feel like that's so important is that it's, it's strengthening a bond and ultimately, you know, down the road, like a a strong bond leads to a strong family unit, right? Like the parent, you know, couples become parents and parents raise children and children become adults. And, you know, most of us were fucked up by our parents in some way. So like the better relationship parents have and the stronger that bond is, the better the world gets. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, how can people get this journal? So we've just closed our Kickstarter. You can um, take that out, I guess, if you want to have this continue to be evergreen. Um, people can go to a sexjournal.com. And uh, either sign up for the next batch as a pre-order or purchase one when they're available. Okay, great. So asexjournal.com, that's pretty straightforward. And, um, and, and in terms of, you know, people that are starting this process, is there any sort of uh, like heads up you would give them? Any warning? I mean, like you said, vulnerable conversations are, you know, they can lead to serious conversations. So do you ever give anyone a heads up or what, what's been your experience in terms of the people actually using this? Yeah, we, um, most people who have used the journal give us the feedback that like whether they've been together for six weeks or 18 years, they're always shocked at what they discover about each other. Um, and the fact that they have not been having these conversations yet. Um, I'd say, I mean, having a vulnerable conversation always takes courage. And that's why we've built lots of resources into the journal before you ever get to journaling to support you in that. Um, But I think the most important thing that I always reiterate to people is it's really important to know yourself and it's really important to express your wants and needs in a relationship. And I love what you said about being an emotional unit in a relationship, you are a single emotional unit. So in expressing your wants and needs, you want to take into consideration your partner's well-being, but your wants and needs always have a space, should always have a space and should always be voiced. I love that. Caleb, anything to add? I mean, we're going to hit it on the head. (laughs) Um, I just, I echo everything she just said. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always so serious and no. so scary. Like a lot of the times our journal entries are just fun. It's just fun for us to get to reflect and take a couple minutes and like check in about our relationship, our sex life, laugh. Yeah. I think, I guess I just, it's just to not take ourselves so seriously and to really like be like, be grateful for the, the connections that we have. I love that. It's, it, I just love everything about it. Honestly. I mean, as a sex researcher and as you know, somebody in the field, I think there's something really um, beautiful about this because it combines, um, it combines writing with conversation. And there is something that feels private about journaling, even when you're in someone's presence. And even when you know, you're going to read it to them, it still creates a little bit like a little private bubble where you can express yourself first and then share rather than all of the sort of physiological things that come online when we're looking into someone's eyes and sharing, sharing with words with them, that can be scary for our nervous system, but there's something about the journal that helps elicit deeper truths and, and then to share those with our partner and be heard. It's just like, yeah, it's like, uh, I have this fantasy of, um, 
a course for couples being required before couples get married (laughs) um, for the health of the culture and the future of the children. And I feel like this would be like one of the elements, like strongly consider this in your, you know, in your (laughs) sex life, like, yeah, just giving people all of the resources that are out there instead of just letting them flail around. Totally. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.